Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning. It's hour one this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. Steeler fans, you got your wish. They have fired the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. That was about 10 minutes ago. Why now? You knew the offense wasn't good. The offense wasn't good last year. The offensive, uh, The offense wasn't that good the year before. And there was a common thread there, but uh, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, has been let go by the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. This first hour brought to you by the great folks at Mercedes-Benz. The holiday love celebration is going on now through January 2nd. Learn more at mbusa.com slash Special offers. Stat of the day brought to you, as always, by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you for downloading the app and our radio affiliates around the country. iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and uh, we'll get to a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Now, I'm looking at the Steelers, and I thought they were a playoff team this year. They're 6-4. and four. They're... I mean, you start to look at some of these teams. Can you continue to be a good team? They're the seventh team in NFL, uh, let's see, in the last 23 years to be outgained in each of their first 10 games of a season. So it's remarkable they're 6-4. and four. The defense has been wonderful. The defense is probably saying to the offense, can you get us 14 points? 13 points? Four field goals? Can you help us just a little bit? But I think the tipping point was you lose to Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a third-string quarterback, and the Browns, division rival, and the offense does very little. But they're 6-4. and four. Seventh team since 2000 to be outgained in each of their first 10 games of a season. of the day brought to you by panini america the official trading cards of the dan patrick show all right eagles come back beat the chiefs eagles now nine and one and of course the eagles one loss came against the new york jets the jets have benched zach wilson 
Not even bench. I don't even know if you're the third string quarterback. Are you on the bench? Are you inactive? And you're going to have Tim Boyle to be the quarterback now. Why? Why now? This one I don't understand. Did you know what you had in Zach Wilson? Probably. Did you need to find out that you already knew what you knew about Zach Wilson? No. But they didn't go out and bring in any really legitimate backup quarterback. You know, Trevor Simeon had a little bit of a run with Denver. but And Tim Boyle was basically Aaron Rodgers' buddy in the film room. But you wasted a season. This is what I don't understand. If you thought Aaron Rodgers was going to come back, protect the regular season the best you can if Rodgers does come back. Because that's his goal. He kept telling you that. But then Rodgers' buddy, Tim Boyle, is one of those quarterbacks who probably shouldn't be playing. But he gets the start this week against Miami. Short work week. I don't get it. Don't. And this feels like every time Robert Sala, the head coach, goes to a press conference, it's, it's like he goes, oh, God, I got to say this. I got to say that. I don't really believe any of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zach, yeah. Well, you know, we're, uh, we're learning a lot about Zach. It's not all on him. And, you know, we're, uh, we're a team. And he's run out of things to say. But uh, Robert Sala was asked about drafting Zach Wilson. Robert, what do you believe you guys could have done differently uh, during the draft process when, when evaluating the quarterback position? Um, you know what? I actually, uh, I, I've got my thoughts. I've shared them with Joe, but I'm, I'm not going to get into it here with you guys. What? That's worse than if you shared your thoughts. <laughs> what? What else do you need to hear? <laughs> Let me hear that again. Good question. Robert, what do you believe you guys could have done differently uh, during the draft process when, when evaluating the quarterback position? Um, you know what? I actually, uh, I, I've got my thoughts. I've shared them with Joe, but I'm, I'm not going to get into it here with you guys. <laughs> uh, Coach, why not? Because <laughs> it wasn't Zach Wilson. <laughs> oh, boy. So now he's third string. I, I think he was even asked on Michael Kay's show in ESPN New York, has Zach Wilson thrown his last pass as a Jet? Well, you, he can't say yes or he can't say no because there's still a lot of football left to be played. Who knows what's going to happen to Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon. But I do like how everybody goes, man, they could have gotten Josh Dobbs. <laughs> Nobody wanted Josh Dobbs. Now everybody wants Josh Dobbs. Like, Oh, uh, they passed up on Josh Jobs. Yes, Eden. You think Trevor Simeon's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why am I second? <laughs> well, you're not friends with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Paulie. Man, you're right, though. You go back to September, and they had all this opportunity before the trade deadline to try to find a quarterback that could play B-level football, C-plus level football, to keep, let their defense win a few games, sneak into the playoffs and pull something off. Rodgers gets cleared in December, and maybe he plays in January. They didn't even give themselves those options, the Jets. Because if you're Rodgers, you want to come back to prove that your medical procedure is better than anybody else's. That, hey, look at what I did. I took a chance, and uh, I'm back. Nobody said I could come back. I'm back. Well, I want him to come back when I can use him, when it's meaningful. I don't want him just to come back to come back. But now what happens? You're not a good team, and then Rodgers is going to come back? Do you want him out there? Is there going to be a little bit of friction there with ownership or the coaching staff? And we don't want you out there. We want you ready for next season. But 
So the Jets have benched Zach Wilson. They got the Dolphins coming up on Friday. And uh, the Steelers fired Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator. All right, which brings us to the Eagles coming back to beat the Chiefs last night. I thought that this was sort of a an exhibition heavyweight fight that – you know, nobody got hurt. There's no real drama there. Both teams are going to be there in the playoffs, probably still Super Bowl favorites, close to it. It's probably the Eagles, Niners, and then the Chiefs, according to DraftKings. But I am, I am watching the Chiefs' offense, and it's different. It changed. I don't know when it changed exactly, but defenses were allowing Patrick Mahomes to get four, five, six, seven yards. No big splash plays. Well, you don't have Tyreek Hill. You don't have that deep threat. And even if you do have a deep threat, chances are they're not holding on to the football. The defense is really good. The defense will be the reason why, if the Chiefs win it this year, get to the Super Bowl, the defense. Because you have Chris Jones, you have a really young secondary that stepped up, and they looked like they were going to blow out the Eagles 17-7. And then the Chiefs don't score again in the second half. And every team, I don't care how good you are, there's a dip at some point in the season. There's like a three or four game dip where you kind of struggle a little bit. Maybe you eke out a win. Niners already went through this where you're going, okay, that's part of the long season there. You can't, you can't continue, can't maintain that. But I'm watching the Chiefs last night. Now, if their receivers hold on to the football, if Marquez Valdez-Scantling hangs on to the football, we're talking about, well, Chiefs did it again. You know, they let the Eagles stay in it, and uh, Mahomes again. And then we'd move on to next week. But now, because they lost, we'll stop, and now we're going to assess maybe a little bit more of the damage that's there. Or what could be foreboding when we get maybe late in the season in the playoffs. Those receivers, now normally you think, Kansas City, are they going to get somebody? No, trade deadline's gone. Can I get somebody, uh, waiver wire, somebody, relief, anybody? But... You brought back Scantling, Tony. They just don't have somebody that really makes you nervous, aside from Travis Kelsey. And Kelsey, I think, had seven catches, but not for a lot of yards last night. Philadelphia is really good. I mean, it's a really balanced team. Now, there are times when I watch the offense and I go, what is going on here? Uh, you know, you get a... I mean, DeAndre Swift is awesome. Uh, Brown is great. Devontae Smith... You know, they, they have those moments. Jalen Hurts has those moments. Uh, defense is good as well. But that's a balanced team. They haven't had their dip yet. I mean, their dip might have been against the Jets. But looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, you're just trying to figure out how do they make this better? Because defenses have figured out, okay, Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco's great. I mean, he's he plays hard, runs hard. But, you know, what is going to be sustainable? Second half of the season, you get into the playoffs. Here's Patrick Mahomes talking about throwing to his receivers. They know I'm going to keep firing it. That's just who I am. I'm going to fire it uh, to the guy who's open. Usually they make, they're going to make the plays. I mean, it's, it happens. I mean, I threw an interception in the red zone on a, if I just flattened Jay White off. Um, so uh, it wasn't, that, wasn't, that didn't just lose the game. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened throughout the game, and so uh, you just got to keep firing. So uh, he was asked if he regretted throwing the ball to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. 
I mean, I have no regret. I mean, they triple team Travis, so I went to the guy that was that one downfield, and Marquez won. Um, you just didn't didn't come away with the ball. I mean, I could probably throw a little bit shorter. He was that open. So, uh, yeah, you just got to continue to to try to get better and better. Um, defense is keeping us in games, and if we can find a way to just get a little bit better as an offense, we're going to win a lot of these games. All the right answers there. Privately, do you bring your re- your receivers in and say? Focus, concentrate, just get the ball. Don't try to get the ball and start running. Get the ball, catch the ball. You may not have a touchdown. You know, that's that's a, a big-time play that you're supposed to make. You know, Mahomes put it there, you should make that catch. Tough catch, yes. Not all catches are created equal, but you got to make that catch. You just do in that situation. But... I, I, it didn't matter who was winning this game. I, I thought I was going to come away going, okay. If the Eagles won, I'd go, okay. I thought it was important for the Eagles because I do think Dallas is dangerous. And make sure you have home field advantage. You still have a game against them coming up. And just make sure that they're not within striking distance where you lose that division, lose that uh, home advantage in the playoffs there. And maybe you have the best record in the NFC, But I also looked at the AFC and I go, okay, we thought that was the tougher conference. We thought that the NFC was top-heavy, that it was going to be the Niners and the Eagles, maybe Cowboys. Now Detroit has stepped up their game, if you truly believe in them. And then we looked at the AFC and we go, oh, my God, the AFC is loaded. Well, is it? Joe Burrow's not there. Josh Allen and the Bills maybe aren't who we thought they were. The Chargers, we keep waiting for them. Uh, The Browns have lost their quarterback. Steelers don't have any offense. You do have, you know, uh, Baltimore is very good. And and they are dangerous. That's that's the kind of team, if you get into a us-against-them matchup in the playoffs, right now I'd probably favor the Ravens. Right now. But other than that, when you look at the AFC, Kansas City, okay, you lost the game, but who are you worried about? Just... Make sure you get the best record, or at least you hope you get the best record. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville. Do we know how good Jacksonville is? No. So who else is there? Am I missing somebody else in the AFC where you go, hey, keep an eye on, you know, Houston? Um, I guess is a spoiler. Yes, Mark. Also, for a lack of a dominant team, does that help Patrick Mahomes with his MVP case where there's nobody really, like, jumping out where it's like, I guess we'll give it to Mahomes again because he's just having a great year despite all the drop passes. Yeah, but I don't know if he's been the MVP. I mean, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, to me, have been more valuable. Those are the odds-on favorites right now. I would say if Philadelphia continues to be Philadelphia and end up you know, with 13 or 14 wins, Jalen Hurts is probably going to be the MVP. Uh, Lamar Jackson was you know, the guy I said, long shot. Those are great odds. I think it was like you know, 1,600 to 1 start the season. Uh, but I don't even know Mahomes' numbers this year. Yes, Marv? Is Tyreek Hill going to get some love also? Uh, well, we knew he was a great player, but do you want to spend $28 million for Tyreek Hill? I just meant as far as the MVP. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Chiefs. Cause... Oh, no, they won a Super Bowl without him, so yeah. that worked. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a quarterback. Right. It's a quarterback award. Let me see if... It's uh... a quarterback-driven league, so... Yes. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, this according to DraftKings this morning, Lamar Jackson, then Patrick Mahomes, Tua, and C.J. Stroud. So Tyreek, even if he gets 2,000 yards, 
I don't know. You know, he and Tua may, might share the love there with the voters. Yes, Seaton. The fact that the media in the locker room last night is asking Just, Justin Watson about the drop by Marquez Valdez Scantling <laughs> is one of the most unfair and cruel things the media could ever do because that dude dropped thirty no fewer than thirty seven <laughs> passes that, last that night. That is not true. Not, I checked because it, it wasn't thirty seven. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, maybe they're asking him without asking him about no, dropping passes. No, they they very clearly say, hey, t- <laughs> talk to us about uh, Marquez. Like, hey, then nine times out of ten, he gets that one. But uh, 99 times out of 100, he's catching that. But just unfortunate, you know, could make the play. Like, dude, they wouldn't be in that position if you just caught the ball. <laughs> the Chiefs matched a season high with five drops against the Eagles. They have 30 drops on the season, most in the NFL. The Chiefs drop rate is just over 10% of the team's worst drop rate uh, since 2014. The game ended on Justin Watson dropping a a perfect pass for 4th and 25 where they would have had a first down. That was the last play of the game. It wasn't the drop by Scantling. It really is underrated because I think a lot of people tuned it off. Watson goes one yard past the first down line, jumps up. Mahomes splits the uprights, puts it right through his hands. Again. They they would have been in position for at least a a good shot at the end zone. Well, maybe you could have asked him, hey, uh, who looked worse on their drop? You or Marquez? Way too soon. Okay, my bad. My bad. My bad. Bigger drops tonight. You or? (laughs) What's the strategy for dropping so many balls? How do you think that? God. Hey, I'm sorry about that. Where do you want the ball next time? Sorry, I hit you in the hands. In the hands. My bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah. What's it feel like to drop all those passes? I mean, really, Patrick should just not throw it as hard, and I would have caught it. So, just. Just saying all the right things. But we could be talking about the Chiefs winning that game and then, well, the Eagles, I don't know. know, Can they win on the road or whatever angle we were going to take with that. But Kansas City just didn't look threatening in the second half. Chris Jones is wonderful. He signed that one-year, what, $19 million deal. I'm going to guess somebody's going to pay him in the offseason. All right, let me take a break. By the way, I think uh, we have two Heisman Trophy winners on today. We have Barry Sanders. And we have Cam Newton. Cam Newton will join us in the final hour. Barry Sanders, a documentary on his uh, great career. And uh, I am featured prominently in that documentary. I didn't get to see it. Amazon was supposed to send it to me. I spent all afternoon going back and forth with Fritzy. You're all excited to watch it. I go, "Um, I'm in it. We're having Barry on. Can I watch it? And then I hear from a couple people, hey, I saw the documentary. You were great in it. I go, great. Uh, Can you send me uh, some notes there? You did your due diligence. You were, the site was like blocked or something. You clicked on the link, you had it, and it just didn't open for you. Well, there was a password, and then there was a passphrase. Not familiar with passphrases. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what that was. Felt like you were blaming me in the beginning, where you're going, why can't you access it? I go, Todd, and I sent you a screen grab, and I go, it says they want a passphrase. What's the phrase? <laughs> did you try shutting off your computer and putting it back on? Like, I'm going to be able yeah, to figure exactly. it out. exactly. Yeah, I'm not taking any tips, suggestions from you. All right, we'll take a break. Seton's got a couple of poll questions for us. Barry Sanders next hour and Cam Newton in the final hour of the program. We're back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? 
along with my fellow pro bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game, we're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Phone calls are welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Operator Tyler standing by. Seaton will have a poll question today. Chiefs are averaging just over five points per game in the second half. That's the worst in the NFL this year. Worst by any team. You have to go back to the 2013 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they averaged just over five points in the second half. City Chiefs fan Melissa Etheridge. It's a little mean spirited, a little, little bit. All right, um, poll question, Seaton. What are we thinking about first hour? We got a couple options, Dan. Okay. Uh, 
Well, let's see. We have a snarky one here from Paulie. Uh, who has the biggest gripe? Steelers defense with their offense. Mahomes with his receivers. The Jets defense with their offense. Ooh, wow. um, others, those are definitely gripe-worthy situations. By the way, Kenny Pickett's now on the clock. Okay? So you get rid of this offensive coordinator that was keeping the offense down. And uh, Najee Harris, uh, Kenny Pickett. All right, let's see what happens. Maybe an infusion of uh, new philosophy here with that Pittsburgh Steelers offense. As the uh, news broke about a half hour ago, the Steelers have moved on from Matt Canada as their offensive corner. Yes. Well, no, no. <laughs> There's one sent in from Picture Day Ray, the Iowa defense with their offense. Certainly quite worthy. <laughs> That's good, too. <laughs> yeah. But they're winning. You know, Iowa's winning somehow. All they do is win. All, all Iowa does is win. Yeah. What? Must that be like when the offense and the defense like cross paths with each other? You guys suck. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was like when the Ravens offense, you know, cross paths with the Ravens defense back, uh, you know, in 2000. That's got to be a real thing, though. When you're walking off oh. the field and you're like busting your ass in, on defense, you're like, hey, man, can you guys just do something to help, please? <laughs> Yeah, but I don't have that feeling when I walk over there when I'm around you guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holidays. This is how he's up. <laughs> this is what he does. Two days before Thanksgiving. Two days before Thanksgiving. This is what he does. Not exactly morale-boosting comment. Okay, two days before Thanksgiving. Okay, I'm just joking. Todd, little, little bit of truth. I get a little sense of that. That's true. Yeah. That is a very true little thing. bit of truth and everybody kidding. This is what he does. Yeah. <laughs> Why does he do that? He does things like this. Order now. Uh, okay, thank you, Tony. He knows these things stay with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems that, she knows me way yes. too well. No, I know you. Long time. I know you. You I all know, know me you. way too well. I know. I, I always have to say, hey, I'm just joking. I'm going to preface this, Todd, and then that'll stay with you. Like, why, why did you say that? I, I go, Todd, I'm joking. I know, but you know I'm sensitive. I, go, I would say it's going to make me lose my appetite for Thanksgiving, <laughs> but we all know it's that's not going to get that true. bad. That's, that's, true. that's true. All right, so that's an interesting poll question there. I like that one. has some snark attached to it. Anything else that you're thinking about? Yeah, I'm going to put this one up there, too. Uh, who will win no. the Super Bowl, Chiefs and the Eagles, uh, Chiefs slash Eagles, or another team? So you have to pick. Basically, Chiefs, the, Eagles, or the field. Yeah, the Super oh. Bowl champion. Okay. Ooh. I'm going to say the field. Even though I have the e no, I see I can't do that. I have the yeah. Eagles winning the Super Bowl. But if you didn't have the Eagles winning would, the Super Bowl, then I would take the field. Who on the Ooh. field do you like? I like the Ravens. I I don't know why. They just do. Now losing Mark Andrews is a big deal, but I have trust in uh, Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh. Oh, by the way, Jim Harbaugh still meeting with the media, even though he's not coaching. I don't think he has to meet with the media. Because he's not coaching against Ohio State, but um, he uh, he had one of those press conferences where you go, huh? I go back to that. Uh, it's like it's like the Ted Lasso show, you know. Um, believe what comes out of that is believe, and I'm just so proud, just so proud of our team, despite that noise. Our locker rooms in one piece, and uh, you know, like Ted for me, locker rooms a lot like my mom's bathing suits. Like to see him in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, that was a real clip that was not doctored. No, 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 sure. I wanted to surprise you with that one. Yeah. And kidding. oddly, the question was, Coach, why was the linebacker coach fired? <laughs> That's not true. 
But I would have asked that. If I'm in the press conference, I'd say, uh, Jim, what role did you play in uh, your linebacker's coach getting fired? Uh, did you know what he was doing, destroying evidence? Yeah, Paulie. Scene's not that far off. I, I went back and listened a little bit. There are a lot of questions about the situation, the Big Ten, mm. the NCA, mm. and they always came back. We're focused on the game this of weekend. Of course we are. We're focused on the team we're playing this weekend, which they don't say the name. And there's a lot of that. A lot of right. Oh, to you the, never say Ohio State. No. And Ohio State never says Michigan. It's the team, team up playing. north. Yeah, team up north. Aaron in Ohio. Hi, Aaron. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. I, I'm just wondering. When is the light bulb moment going to happen with the players when they ask the question, were we really that bad that you had to resort to this level of signal stealing in order for us to win? Thanks for taking my call, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. I don't think they're going to ask that. I think they love that the coaches made them better. I mean, how did you get the information? Oh, it's not that big a deal. We're not really stealing stuff. I mean, did anybody ask the Patriots? Hey, you guys benefited from this. Yeah, you know, is Teddy Bruschi or Rodney Harrison going to be upset that Bill Belichick needed to do this? No. Aaron in Ohio wants to know why the Michigan players are so bad they have to resort to sign stealing. <laughs> Trying to oh, no, give it every last kick and punch while they're yeah. down. I guess. <laughs> the gift of hey, you better, too good. You better win. Yeah. Better win this game. Yeah, you know, no hardball on the sidelines. And you know, they don't, they can't steal your signals or change your signals and go in there and get away. I mean, talk about how these players must feel. Okay, if this is what it is. Is Ryan Day coaching for his job this weekend? If you lose three in a row to Michigan, I mean, this is what you're judged on at Ohio State and Michigan. How did you do against that other school? If you lose three in a row, I, I, I at least think the temperature rises a little bit. may not be a hot seat, but, you know, there's heat and humidity <laughs> in the building. Uh, Michigan hasn't had much of a passing offense here, and they may do what they've done the previous years, just run it down Ohio State's throat. This is a, an offense that's emblematic of what Jim Harbaugh has done when he was with the Niners, power football. When he was with Stanford, it was power football. This is what he does. This is what he wants. Carry out the game plan. And you saw this against Penn State. They just ran the football. J.J. McCarthy was a Heisman candidate a month ago. His name's not coming up at all. Yes, Eaton. You can't fire Ryan Day the same year he beat Lou Holtz. I mean... <laughs> he barely beat Notre Dame and uh, the echoes... <laughs> The ghost of Lou Holtz there. Get him out here! Where's Lou Holtz? I want to know where Lou is right now. What he said about our team, I can't believe it. Yeah. Yes, Paul. If you go back to that Notre Dame game, Ohio State Notre Dame. Yeah. Ohio State got a lot of criticism for not being physical. Remember that fourth down when they did like a jet sweep? Yeah. There was a lot of critiques, and that yeah. plays right into Michigan's hands. Yeah, and the criticism has been about Ryan Day, not the Ohio State players. You know, like a tougher mentality that you bring to this team because you've had you know different players here the last few years. So it's not just on them. It maybe it starts with Ryan Day. I think that's why he was internalizing that. That it you know that hurt. You know, you don't say that about our my team. No, no, they're saying it about you and your coaching. That maybe you're too much finesse. And Michigan is going to be all power. That's all they care about. 
They want you at the end. That's why the second halves have gotten out of control, because Michigan dominates the line of scrimmage, first half, and then all of a sudden you just wear them down. Yeah, Paul. I'm going to preface this by saying, remember three years ago when Harbaugh was thinking about going to the pros? I guess he's thought about it every year. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State fans like, no, no, stay at Michigan, stay at Michigan. We love that you stay at Michigan. <laughs> now it's, it's funny that he, he's flirting with the pros. If you're an Ohio State fan, would you rather win this weekend's game or have Harbaugh get lit up so bad by the NCAA leaves college football? You get to pick one. A win this weekend, right. which could mean a national championship, right. or Harbaugh, Harbaugh exits college football. Well, I would rather win this game this weekend than if I'm Ohio State, I can't be worried about Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I mean, if you are, then he's in your head. Well, he's entrenched the past No, you got You have to win this game. When you win this game, now all of a sudden you have bragging rights. Now all of a sudden you're in the national title picture. Not, let me wait and see if the NCAA acts on Jim Harbaugh, because that could be years. Uh, let me see a couple other phone calls in here. Kevin in North Carolina. Good morning, Kevin. What's on your mind? Hey, DP. Happy Thanksgiving, fellas. Thank you. You too, Kev. All right, thanks. So um, I'm going to try to articulate this the best I can. So when the offensive coordinator gets fired like here, what, what, what they're saying is it's, it's the system's fault, right? Okay, the system is failing the players. But then you got coaches like Brandon Staley who just dig in. I, I, you know, we're doing the right thing. It's the players got to execute better, right? But, and it, so it leads me as a Vikings fan to ask this about KOC. You know, he has dug in on Madison. You know, but Chandler's obviously our best answer as for the team. And you constantly hear coaches, I got to do what's best for the team. I got to do what's best for the team. And then he preaches about ball security, but he's willing to run an option play to Dobbs on our first third down. But I didn't hear no accountability on that. What I'm asking is, is like, where do you draw the line with being like a player's coach versus a system where I think Bill Parcells was the best that ever done that, where he could skirt both sides. Mike Tomlin a little bit, but, you know, like these coaches, you know, they dig in and it, it, like Zimmer did it. I think that's what Zimmer got fired over eventually is he didn't bend to what his players did well. They just stick to the system, the system, the system. And I, I just can't understand the double standard there. Well, you got to, and I think the coaches who adapt to their players are the successful coaches because it used to be you came in and we're drafting you to be in our system. As opposed to, you know, Andy Reid's system with Donovan McNabb is different than what it is with Patrick Mahomes. He has to adapt. Uh, Bill Belichick hasn't adapted. I think there's certain coaches that go, okay, who do I have? All right, let me see if I can make that work. But, you know, you dig in your heels. You try to pretend. Look, look at what happened with USC. Lincoln Riley knows that his defensive coordinator is not the right guy. But he brings him back and then realizes, you know, three-quarters of the way through the season, he's not the right guy. That's where, you know, you're making a decision, like a friendship. Never hire somebody you can't fire. That, that's a philosophy. If you're going to be successful in business, you have to be able to fire. Patrick Ewing in Georgetown. Clyde Drexler at Houston. Chris Mullen at St. John's. You're going to bring him in, you might have to fire him. And that's a tough thing. That's a tough for coaches to do. You know, Kirk Ferentz has to fire his son, or at least be told to fire his son, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, Mark. But don't you know that going in when you become a coach, like chances are there's a 98% chance that you're going to get fired from whatever coaching job you have? Well, I don't know if you go in going, it's not a matter of if, but when I get fired. 
I don't, you know, I haven't coached, so I don't know what their philosophy is. I, I think you have to go in going, I know it's a business, but I don't know if you go, yeah, I'm going to get fired. You know, the question is when. I don't know if Matt Canada went to the Steelers and go, yeah, you know, eventually I'm going to get fired. But back to what I said, now let's see what Kenny Pickett can do. Because it feels like if you don't get good quarterback play here, consistent quarterback play, that defense can only carry you so far. Let me take a break. We got our play of the day up next. And an interesting question about our two guests today, Barry Sanders, Cam Newton, after this. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. The play, the play, is play. of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Snap to Mahomes retreating. He's unloading it long. He's got Valdez Scantling, and he cannot hang on to the ball. He drops the ball in the end zone. A deep post pattern. The Chiefs had it. They had the defender beat. And Valdez Scantling on a deep post had the deep safety beat. And Valdez Scantling drops the ball at the one-yard line. 
courtesy of the Chiefs Radio Network, Kansas City has 30 drops on the season, most in the NFL. Play of the Day brought to you by Panini America. Hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats, the only place to collect them all, Panini Trading Cards, the official trading cards of this program. You can start or continue your collection now, PaniniAmerica.net. All right, Barry Sanders a little later on, Cam Newton a little later on. Who had the better careers? Now, Paulie, this is yours. Yeah, and I'm not suggesting anything. I'm, I'm asking. Okay. Barry Sanders is an icon. He's rushing yards, the highlights, he's immortalized. When people, young people see him, they go crazy. His career, he has no titles in college, no titles in the pros. I don't think he, I don't think he got to the NFC title game even nope. in his career. They didn't even get through the first round. Okay. So he has nothing really to show for it besides being an all-time great running back and maybe the greatest college back of all time, at least for a season. And he's got a Heisman. Cam Newton got a Heisman trophy that he brought Auburn to. He drug Auburn. Good team, but he drugged them, got a Heisman and a national title for Auburn. Mm-hmm. He got the Carolina Panthers to a Super Bowl where they were down six in the fourth quarter and they had the ball. Mm-hmm. So they didn't. They, it wasn't a close game. But you can make the case that Cam Newton's career is maybe underrated because of the back half of it. Well, let's pose the question. Whose career would you rather have? Cam Newton or Barry Sanders? Paul? And I love winning. Oh, I love winning. If Cam had a Super Bowl, I'd pick him. No, I'm going Barry Sanders. Wait, after all of that? Yeah. I thought that's why we were presenting it. So then you would go, I'd take Cam Newton. Well, I think it's a debate. I think it's a, a question that Cam does have a title that he, he was responsible for, and he did get a team in the Super Bowl. It's close for me because winning's everything. But he's, okay, let me go around the room. Fritzy? Definitely Barry Sanders. All right. Seaton? Barry Sanders. All right. Marv? Barry Sanders. Yeah. I would, too. Um, Cam may have a more balanced resume and great great numbers in college, good numbers in the pros. But when you say, who's the greatest running back of all time? Barry Sanders is certainly mentioned, uh, you know, two, three, four, five names in. Yes, Eden. Barry Sanders, like a top 20 player of all time. Uh, yeah, I guess it's probably you know, around statistically. there. The yeah. words all time definitely go to yes. next to his name. Yeah. You know, Cam had a good pro career. He was an MVP, got him to a Super Bowl, and uh, what did he have, like 85 rushing touchdowns? He, would you check and see? Because Barry had 99 touchdowns, I believe. Cam might have... Might have had eighty five rushing touchdowns. Does that sound crazy? Yes, Eden. I think it's it's a little unfair to Cam too, though, because while his career was great, I think if he had been able to stay more healthy, yeah, his career would have been a whole other level. That, uh, Cam Newton seventy five rushing touchdowns in his career. Yeah, and fifty six hundred yards rushing, which is like what Terrell Davis had. You know, it's a little less. <laughs> than, or not. I'm actually a little hot on that, but like he had fifty six hundred yards rushing in basically seven seasons. Yeah. Yes, John. I'd rather hang out with Cam Newton on personality, but if two people are walking through the door, you're recognizing someone, my test is, isn't that Barry Sanders over there? I don't know if you say, wait, is that, that's Cam Newton right there. Let's go. Uh, no, no, I disagree no, with that. no, no, no. Cam, Cam walks into the room, you know Cam's in the room. Well, he's a presence, but I'd be more excited to I've been Barry in the Sanders room with there. Barry Sanders. I've been in the room with both of them. Cam stands out because obviously he's taller, but, you know, he wants to stand out. Barry doesn't. 
I, Barry is nothing flashy about him except for the way he played football. Nothing off the field, you know, how he dressed, what he drove, where he lived, nothing, nothing. It was just when he got on the field, it's like, man, that guy's fancy. Yes, he... Even if Cam Newton didn't want to stand out, he still would. That's just the kind of, like, magnetism he has. He's got this, he's he's big, he's a good-looking guy, he's got a great smile, he's got great energy. He he can't help but stand out. He has charisma. Yeah. He has the riz, as the kids like to say. Yeah. Yes, Paulie. And if, you had, if the topic was, who's got the best highlight film in NFL history, Barry's probably third, uh, top three. He's with, you know, Randy Moss and Gail Sayers, and... You know, his highlight film is, is silly. It's like YouTube-ish. I'll tell you one thing about Barry Sanders. When they when they were at the Lions game and ESPN was there a few weeks ago, Ryan Clark on air goes, Barry, before you leave, can I get a picture? Because he, he hadn't met Barry Sanders yeah. before. Yeah. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to meet him again. It was pretty cool. Yes, Todd. That's the thing. I was going to say, who would you rather meet and get an autograph from? Maybe there's a better way to pose it as to who's uh, more exciting to get a chance to meet or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Cam is, you know, what... 15 years younger than Barry? Maybe? Yes, uh, yes, Mark. Yeah, that definitely might be generational. Yeah. Because you see a bunch of kids now that do kind of the Clark Kent Superman celebration, and that's based off of what Cam Newton did at Auburn and at Carolina. Yes, Seaton. It's a, it's a weird comparison to make, too, because Cam played in an era of, like, more of a spread offense where quarterbacks could run. Barry, Barry Sanders played in a time where quarterbacks weren't allowed to run, but his position now is essentially worthless. What because, would Barry complete, Sanders, not worthless, but completely devalued, where running backs are more like more pass catchers than, and they're just completely interchangeable. But would the Lions use Barry Sanders differently now? That'd be interesting. Like you had this guy that you know maybe the best open field runner ever, but are you going to use him the way the Niners use Christian McCaffrey? Barry rushed in an eleven games at Oklahoma State. 2,628 yards. <laughs> 11. And 37 touchdowns. Now, Cam threw for over 2,800 yards, 30 touchdowns. He rushed for 1,400 yards and 20 touchdowns. He led the SEC in both categories. And these are the rushing categories with <laughs> yards. Well, just like Johnny Manziel did, but, you know, rushing yards and touchdown runs as a quarterback. Um. You know, I, I became very close with Barry Sanders when he was at Oklahoma State. I uh, was there when he announced that he was leaving early. His car broke down en route to the press conference. I was there on draft day with him and his family and uh, have maintained a relationship for a long time. Played golf, played basketball with him. And he is unique. And I, I don't know if there's any real smoking gun or anything that's brought to light in this documentary other than... You know, maybe a, another generation's going to realize he he didn't care about being flashy or getting attention, and, and you know juxtapose that to Dion Sanders, and then you had Barry Sanders. Both were electric. Dion wanted it. Barry didn't care for it. Didn't care at all. Didn't have a nickname. But the uh, bye bye Barry, and you know I was working Sports Center that night, and that's when I got a call from his agent. Peter Schaefer, and he said, look, you can't, you can't use this information. Uh, Barry's getting on a plane, and he's going to London, and he is, uh, he's retiring. So I'm at my desk. I can't do anything with it. He said, you have to wait until Barry lands in London. Well, 
It was in the evening. They had lost a game, and Barry said, I'm done. And then Barry takes his four sons to London in the documentary, and they have questions for him because I don't know if they've ever I – I don't know if Barry loved football. I think he was great at football. He loved basketball, but I think he was just great. And I think he got to the point where he's like, you know, Emmett's playing for championships. Well, I got Bobby Ross as my head coach or Wayne Fonts. We're not going anywhere. And he was right. I just think he got tired of losing. We'll talk to Barry. He'll join us coming up. And Cam Newton will stop by. More of your phone calls as well. One hour in the books. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.